All right, so uh, what we're doing is talking about being a people. And there's been a lot of material thrown at you guys this weekend. It's like sitting in front of a fire hydrant for a weekend. And you get flooded, and you're like, I don't know where all my thoughts are or what to process because there's so much of it. But that's okay because today uh, we're not going to tell you anything new. This is uh, what I've found on the weekend is uh, that this, this year of SPO talking about there is more uh, doesn't necessarily mean that there is more new material for us to learn. Like, there's new material that I have heard before, and so I'm going to go with this. That might be the case, but really, uh, at least for myself and for what I've found with a lot of us, is that there is more in the, in the things that we know. There's a new depth to go into. So when we're talking about all these things, it's easy to just, I've heard this before, I'm going to you know, kind of tune out. But there's actually more there. There's more depth. You know, the Lord is an infinite God, and he has infinite depth and infinite love for us, and he just wants to continue to reveal that to us. So all that to be said, we're not going to throw anything, or it's like, I don't think, maybe, hopefully, that'd be cool, if, that there's something mind-blowing in this talk, but just a continual conviction uh, through some of the stories and the life that we've lived um, that we just see that being a people is good. Being a people is very good. That God, who is a communion, and you're going to talk about this. I'm not going to go too deep. Never mind. And just get going. Um, okay, let's start off with some stories, some community stories. So community is really, really good uh, in some fun ways and in some spiritual ways. Uh, so some fun ways. So uh, about a, a year ago, uh, John Stevenson went on a trip to Minnesota, and he... Uh, he lives on my street, like a block away. And so he said, hey, I'm going to Minnesota with the family. I'm going to leave my key on the back windowsill under this pot. Sends me a picture. He said, just make sure you get the mail. Make sure everything's fine. We'll be back in two weeks. And at the time, they've got like a newborn baby and, you know, a little, little Ellie. And so I'm like, yep, can do. And then this is where my brain just goes ridiculous. Like, all right, cool. Keys under the back pot. I'll grab it sometime. But I, like... I'll cross that bridge when I get there. So on the way to work, I'd stop by. Place looks pretty cool. And then go to work, come back, grab the mail, put it in a box in my truck. And then it, two weeks passed, and it's time for them to come back. And so they get a text like, hey, we're going to be getting in around this time. It's just going to be Anna and the kids because John's doing something else. I said, great. I'm going to go grab the key. I'm going to go and put the mail in the house, make sure everything looks good, and then it'll be good to go. So... They're getting in about 7 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock. I got back from work. I'm like, all right, let me go drop off this stuff. I walk around the back of the apartment, and the pot is on the ground, and the key is not there. And I'm like, how could I be so dumb? Like, how did I not just grab the key to, just, like, the key to his apartment? And then, I don't know, my brain was just somewhere else. And so underneath where the pot was, there was this garden bed. So I proceeded for the next 30 minutes to just tear out this entire garden. Because surely the wind blew it over, and it's down there somewhere. And I called Laura, and I said, I did this thing. And she came over with a magnet, and the sun's going down. And we've got flashlights. And we're just digging for like an hour. And so I called my buddy, who has a lockpick set, and I said, I need you. And he says, I'm in Minnesota. And I oh, no, that's bad. And then I called the, the rental office, and they said, we can't get into that apartment without, like, I, they had some rent You tape. don't live there. They, right. <laughs> so, so I was completely despairing. I'm like, Anna's going to be back with this newborn. They're going to have to stay at our apartment, which is by no means childproof. And I'm like, what did I do? 
And so I'm, I'm just praying, like, Lord, please provide something. And I was about to turn around and go to my truck, and I grabbed my keys, and I looked at my key, and I'm like, what are the odds? I stuck my key in the keyhole, turned it, and the door opened. And I just stood in the doorway, praising the Lord. What? That doesn't happen. Like, that doesn't happen. And so then I, I was too scared to actually, like, close the door again. So I, like, very cautiously pulled it shut and tried it again. It worked. And so I just left my key there and said, yep, your key is on the front porch. Like, when you get here, everything's good. And I went and made another copy of our key. But that was nuts. The Lord provides in community. Uh, as well as some other things that we'll get to. Um, you want this, this, the what? All the keys work for the same use. No, so I went, yes, because I was skeptical. I was like, does every key work in, like, every door? And so we've got a street of, like, maybe six of us, different apartments. And so I literally went, I didn't ask anybody, I literally went trying out the keys. And it didn't work in any other one. It's a miracle, so praise the Lord. Uh, Being a people is good. Being a people is good. Uh, So I'm going to hand it over now. Yeah. Yeah. This is also the first talk that we've ever given together. So the, the dynamic is going to be really fun. That, yeah. Forgive us. Yeah. Have mercy. Um, speaking of having mercy, we're going to be following your outline, but like kind of loosely. There's a lot in there, especially like later on, a lot of good scripture, a lot of um, excerpts from JP2. So um, with this talk, but also I think just encouragement for everything we've received this weekend, like you're allowed to go back through your outlines after this weekend. I know that sometimes it's like, oh, sweet, I'm home. Never see that booklet again. But, like, the Lord's working, and he, like, has more for us even beyond this weekend. So um, if we don't hit all the bullet points in your outline, that's fine. Um, Great. So um, to be a Christian is to be a part of a people. I think we can see this makes sense because if we're stepping into our identity as sons and daughters and we can look around the room right now and realize oh the people around me are doing that too my brothers and sisters are doing that too then like it makes sense that we're not an only child in the the family of God right so like we can see that like already the Lord's at work making us a people just by being adopted into his family um speaking of mission I being different and doing things differently. We've been talking, we were talking about that at breakfast, about how we prepare for talks differently, so this was a really fun thing for us. We also give talks differently. I like paper. I don't know if you prefer paper, but we have a computer. Anyway, this is my paper. Um, okay, so um, just to speak a little bit more broadly to being a people, um, I think it's really easy for us to think, I'm going to do community. I'm going to do the things and then like build up to like, okay, now we're people because we've like done all these things. We've checked all the boxes. Um, but I just like, want to shift our mindset that um, it's like an identity thing. Of, like being a people is an identity thing and what we do, the, like the way that manifests itself and expre- expresses itself um, is a response to the internal work that the Lord is doing in us as individuals, but also in us corporately. Um, okay, so we can see that it is God's intention from the beginning to create a people for himself. We see this looking all the way back in Genesis. Um, God didn't just say, 
okay, created man, and it's good, and, like, I'll brush my hands of this and, like, move on. No, he says it's not good for man to be alone. Um, so we can see being made in the image and likeness of God, who is a trinity, who is a community of persons, um, that need is in us, too. So he created woman, um, and from them he created a people. He created a nation, generations. Um, we also see this in the new creation in Christ. Um, First Peter says, but, when you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I think we even see this um, in the Mass, in the Eucharistic Prayer 3, um, it says, like, uh, I thought I had it memorized. I'm going to try and find it. Here it is. Um, and you never cease to gather people to yourself so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice maybe offered to your name. Um, it's not just, like, to be a people. That's not the reason why God's making us a people. Like, being a people is not the end. He's making us a people so that corporately we can offer ourselves to him. Corporately we can lay our lives down to build the kingdom because I think we see that, right? That's, like, it's so much more powerful to do it in numbers, to do it as one, to do it as a united holy body um, than just, like, a bunch of individuals who are close by each other. Um, with that, Jesus needs to be at the center of this. He's not just, like, the founder of some club, and we have this picture on the wall, and, like, when we come in, we're like, hey, man, thanks, and just, like, go about our meeting, right? Like, I don't know, I imagine, like, some club where it's like, oh, yeah, that's just, like, the guy on the wall who, like, started this all. Um, but it's essential that Jesus is at the foundation, at the root, at the center of all of our relationships, um, and it's in putting Jesus at the center of our relationship that gives us freedom to not be perfect, that gives us freedom and grace um, to extend forgiveness and mercy. Because once we were no people, and now the Lord's making us a people, and that's going to be a messy process, um, but there's grace and there's mercy and forgiveness with, when we have Jesus at the center of it. And there's like grace for reconciliation there. And so we can also see that it's God's plan to make us a people from the beginning of our stories. Like, we didn't get here on our own. We didn't get here by our own might, by our own will. The Lord brought, used people and is continuing to use people um, to draw us in. But I think there can be a tension between, like, wanting to live out the Christian life on our own and wanting to do it together, right? There's, like, a little bit, like, ah, I think I see that's good, but, like, I can do this, you know, just, like, one, there's, like, some tension there, um, and I want to, like, illustrate this progression through, like, the way children learn to play. I think it's, like, a really fascinating analogy, but, um, so when you're a baby, you don't really play. Your arms and legs move, and, like, you know, you're just kind of in the world, um, and then as you grow, as you develop, as you mature, you like start to be able to play with toys, and it's just kind of in on your own, and it's there. And then slowly you recognize, like, oh, there's a baby over there, like there's a kid over there, and they're playing too. But like you don't think anything past that because your brain's not there yet. That's okay. Um, and then soon 
it goes into what's called parallel play, where I'm playing with my blocks right here, you're playing with your blocks right here, and we are totally content just doing our own thing, but we're next to someone, and like there's some like, comfort in that. And I think this is kind of where we can enter in as Christian community, because it looks like we're doing it together. It looks like we're playing with blocks together, but actually I'm just next to you. And the Lord actually has more there. So like the next step after parallel play is uh, associate play, where it's like now, oh, I see that there's a kid next to me, and they're playing with their blocks, and I'm playing with my blocks. And like, okay, so like maybe that's where we're at right now. It's like, I'm in household. I see my brother. I see my sister trying to live the Christian life, and I'm doing that too. Okay, cool. We're like doing it together. Are you? You're like still doing it close. You acknowledge the other person. That's like still not quite together. Um, so the next step after that is cooperative play, and that's where kids actually start to play and interact um, with each other. And it's not just we're playing with the same blocks, um, but you know I could care less about who the person is. It's we're playing with the same blocks, and I'm like doing things together with you. So we're building towers together. We're like out on the playground um, playing tag together. We're playing like. Star Wars and running around and using the force because Mrs. Wilson says we can't actually hit each other, but we can like use the force to not touch each other but still inflict our will upon the other. Um, <laughs> I used to be a cricket teacher and had a lot of conversation with the little boys of like, okay, how, what do you want to play? Star Wars. Okay, well, we can't touch each other, we can't hit each other, like, how can we do this and let you be boys and fight? Let's keep going. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Parallel play. So in the Christian life, the actually like doing it together, the, the cooperation, the teamwork, um, is actually a sign of Christian maturity. I think it's really easy to see like, oh, I'm doing this on my own. Like, this is the way I'm mature. This is the way it's like marked by independence. But actually, sign of Christian maturity is doing it together, is, is being a people, is living life in community and doing this work together. Um, and that is where... The, like, fullness of joy that's promised to us, like, that is when we see that, is, like, in the context of relationships and doing it together. So, um, our problem is, though, is that we live in a society that has different ideas of what it means to be a people, and that's kind of twisted our idea. I think we spent most of the weekend looking at, like, the big screaming examples of, like, this is what it looks like to not be a people, but... Like, with humility, I'm going to, like, run through a couple examples real quick, and I want us to be open to, like, subtle ways that these could still be in us um, and can still be made manifest in us. So, um, like, fruits of the world's people is, like, isolation. So maybe a more subtle way that creeps in is, like, I'm going to a far-off place in my mind. I'm going to a far-off place in my in my house and, like, not being open to people. Um to selfishness, to um, choosing my way, my preferences, and the, the little subtleties, then difference of just saying, eh, I'd rather not. You know, brother or sister comes like, hey, let's do this, eh, I'd rather not. Um, it's little and it's subtle. Um, I think exclusion and preferential relationships can come out in subtle ways too. Um, so what does it look like then for these to be, to be an example to, of so those are like non-examples. Examples, what does it look like to be a people? It means taking the risk of love, taking on the mentality like, so what if I love first? 
So what if I initiate a conversation first? So what if I love that person more than they're going to love me back? It means leading into non-preferential relationships. Um, God actually has grace to make up for what we lack in like the natural, the way like relationships and friendships can click. Actually making the choice of friendship is huge in community. Um, a dear sister of mine, we were in small group together uh, sophomore year, and we didn't naturally click as friends. And it was kind of frustrating, annoying, you know, like whatever, fill in the blank. It was like hard for me to be around her. It was hard for me to share with her. Um, but recognizing like, okay, this is a choice and like this is an internal thing here that needs to be changed. Um, and over time, and like being in small group with her over the years, um, we've put in the work of friendship and the effort of friendship. And now, I mean, it's not like, and now we naturally click as friends because like we don't, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. <laughs> God's provided so much in that relationship, and she's been there so much for me in the good times and the hard times. She's laughed with me, she's grieved with me, and I with her. That, like, that friendship that is, like, very much just the Lord just made it happen. Um, so let's not discount the work that the Lord can do by just relating in, like, a natural, preferential way with people. Um, and then the last example I'm going to give, and then I'm going to hand it over to Mitchell, um, is... Being a people looks like rejoicing in one another. Um, it's changing our hearts, um, asking, inviting the Lord in to change our hearts so that what we see as a cause for jealousy, a cause for comparison, when um, a sister has this gift that I don't have or a brother can do this thing that I can't do. Actually, if we're a people, if we are part of a body, then like praise the Lord, we have that gift in our body. You know, like one, we can rejoice because like my sister has that gift and that's freaking sweet. You know, but also, like, if she's my sister and she has that gift and she is exercising it, then, like, I receive from that, too. Okay, and the body is built up. In our marriage, we have a phrase that we like to say sometimes. It's like, stats going up. You know, if the other person does something good, like, our collective stats as a team are, like, going up. Um, so, like, as a body, like, stats going up. You know, like, instead of, like, falling into comparison, falling into jealousy, stats going up. Um... And we can also, okay, there's, side note, there's like a, a JP2 excerpt about that, and you should look at it later. Um, anyway, what all, okay, another thing to rejoice in, um, things that be, can be cause, causes for frustration, um, whether it's you encounter someone's weakness, you encounter someone's personality, and you're frustrated with it, um, it's an internal thing of how you respond, right? So um, I love my husband a lot, sometimes, no, it's okay. This is a silly thing. Um, sometimes he doesn't screw on the caps all the way, like to toothpaste or peanut butter. And <laughs> I found myself, this is, this is on me, this isn't on him, this is on me. I found myself getting so mad and so frustrated that the toothpaste, it wasn't one more half a turn. Like, why couldn't he take the time to just do one more half a turn? And then I realized, Laura, it's half a turn on the tube of toothpaste. Get over it. And so instead of letting that be cause for frustration, I can actually see it as like, oh, Mitchell was here. I love him. This is just a sign of someone I love being part of my life. I can get past myself, see the other person, and love them in that. 
right? I mean, there's like time for conversation when it needs to happen, when like friction is there, but like if it's have a tube of toothpaste, like have a turn, like let's rejoice in that instead. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to pick up where she left off on how good it is when the body comes together. Um, uh, Laura and I, if we do sit down and watch Netflix, like we have a, a show and it's NCIS. Like for some reason we love NCIS. And when we're, when, like it can sometimes be like kind of a graphic show. And so when they're like looking at some like, some body, you know, like sometimes there's like a piece of a body or sometimes there's like a whole body and it's kind of off-putting naturally off-putting when there's just like a toe. You're like, ugh. You know, like that's, that's bad. Or if there's a dead body, you're like, that's off-putting. And so what I want to do is I want to draw this comparison to community. Like if we're just operating out of the us mindset, like what can I get out of this? Like what's the point of this weekend? What am I going to gain? And you walk into a room of other people like, I'm just the toe. You know, and we live in a society that's like all about us. It's our Facebook page, it's our Twitter, our Instagram. Look at how complete I am. But in reality, you are just, I am just the top. <laughs> and when you're on your own, it's pretty off-putting. But when the body comes together and all its different functions, it is so great. And then, like, this weekend, I've been able to see and learn so many other personalities and, like, rejoice in it. Like, Kara is, like, a ton of energy and can, like, bring a whole table up at dinner, like, going rowdy for, like, an hour straight, which is impressive. And Isaac can tackle large people. And I did not know that before. And he did well. We've got amazing worship leaders, and there are so many awesome personalities. And Alex is an unbelievable like football quarterback; like he can just lead really well. And so I like being around here this weekend, going, "Wow, there are so many cool people that the Lord has brought together." And I'm so thankful that I don't have to do all of these things. Like I'm good with just being a toe, but connected to the body. So if somebody needs to like talk to the thumb, I can point them over there. You know, I don't need to do something that I'm not made to be. And that's, there's a tremendous amount of relief and joy in that. So community is good in being a body. But if we, like Lord was alluding to earlier, if we're not connected to the Lord, if the purpose of community is not for the holiness and for the radical mission of the community to get to heaven, then we're a dead body. If we're just here for each other, we're just as off-putting as just a toe because it seems exclusive. It seems like we're just content being where we're at. So I want to encourage us, like, yes, community is amazing, and we have these awesome relationships, but we need to continue to be striving towards holiness. Otherwise, we're dead. We need to be able to push each other on mission, hold each other accountable in small groups, go all in so that we're constantly going towards the Father and we're alive because he's the head. Got it? Make sense? Where am I? Okay, so John 17, um, one of my favorite chapters. So, okay, so think about, like, we're all going to die someday. Yeah, that's comforting. Uh, we're all, we're all going to die, and imagine if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow. Like, how intense is your prayer going to be? And I feel like in, in Christian circles, like, we hear the same Bible verses over and over again. We forget the context, and we forget that this was a person. And so this is Jesus, who's about to die tomorrow talking to the Father. And it's just recorded here. It's his prayer that he's talking. And one of the biggest things that he asked for, he's just weeping because he loves us so much. And he wants us to be unified. 
He wants us to be one. I'm just going to read it. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This is Jesus' prayer to his dad the night before he dies. So it's easy to just read these words, but man, he's crying. He is, he is on his last bit of humanity. And his, his dying wish is for us to be one. So that the world may know that he was here and that he's alive. Like, that's crazy stuff. And what's even crazier if we stop and think about this is that he says, I pray that they may be one, Father, as you are in me and I in you. They are the Trinity. They are definitely one. And they want us, he wants us to be one with each other as he is with the Father. That is oneness. That's oneness of mind. That's oneness of heart. And we can see that. Like when we come to worship today, like when we were worshiping last night, when the, the Holy Spirit was moving through the room, we can see the goodness of that. We can see that. That's what he wants. We've got to continue to push, push into that. We're li- there's, so many, there's so many pictures of this. Living stones joined in Christ. It's nice being the worship leader. I can pick the song right before the talk. We are living stones now joined in Christ. We're all parts of the body. So, being a, so what now I want, to, I want to do in our last couple of minutes here is kind of give us, all right, we have this, we have this head knowledge, maybe we have some heart knowledge of what community is, what being a people is. I want to kind of put us with a, a forward-moving mindset so that we're not just sitting here like, great, community is awesome, I know this, but that we're actually thinking forward, thinking of what this could be. So when I was in college, my number one fear was that this faith was going to be the sport I did in college. Like in high school, I wrestled all four years, and it was awesome. I loved it. I ate, slept, only thought about wrestling, the next wrestling match, being with the guys, having that people. And my fear was, as soon as far, when I left high school, wrestling was done. And I'm in college, new group of people, new environment. I was a new person. Thankfully, the Lord came in, and I was a better person. But what I don't want, my, what, what I hope you guys don't want, is for this faith, for this weekend, to be the sport you guys did in college. That when you graduate and life gives you a totally new environment, that this is different. You know? Because it's not. This is an eternal thing. All of these truths that we're learning here are not just something you learn and move on to the next thing, but that you carry with the rest of your life. Jesus is Lord. We carry that into every part of our life. So I've got a couple stories. Uh, yeah, I'll, get, get to the, I'll do the stories. I've got a couple stories of what being a people looks like for Laura and I. So Laura and I, when we were in SPO, our senior year, we started hanging around this community, the Cornerstone community. And this is not a pitch for Cornerstone. This is, this is an a, a example of how good community can be uh, at times. So we came around this cornerstone community that's doing living life very similarly to the structure that SPO has set up with small groups and prayer meetings and things like that. And it was a natural next step, and it's what, we were, what we've been discerning as being a part of that. But as we're living on like one street down from Andrew Keeby and John and all of these people, it's so good for us extroverts to be able to be around all these people and experience so many good things. And it, community really hit home of how good it can be when it got hard. Because it's really easy to come to a weekend like this and play football and laugh 
and do like ridiculous churro things at dinner and like man life is like so good you know like this is so good but then as soon as things get hard like like someone gets like deathly sick or like somebody gets in a car accident like we've been through hard things too this year that's when you start to see how real community is like we're not just here for the fun like we're here for life uh, while we were living on this street, Kenwick, a bunch of apartments, one street over is like Andrew and a couple of the other Cornerstone families. And one of the guys snaps his Achilles while playing basketball. So he's like bedridden. They have a newborn. They have like, I don't know how many other kids at the time, like five, say five other kids. And then his wife is also like really, really sick. So both parents are down for the count. There's tons of kids and like, they have jobs, and they're in the middle of a home remodel. Like, it was the perfect storm. And we got to see the neighbors coming over and, like, watching the kids for, like, weeks on end. And, like, working for them and finishing their home remodel. Like, that is an amazing part of community where people are going out of their way to work on their neighbor's house. Like, talk about something you don't want to do when you come home from work. Or, like, watch all of these screaming kids when you come home from work. Like, I'm tired. But it's that loving one another, dying to self-preference. Uh, one of our good friends, her, her mom passed away a year ago, just about, and we were all hanging out having a good time. She got a phone call, and she left, and a couple days later we found out, and so we were invited to go to the, the funeral, and that's when it, this whole community thing really hit home. That was like the first thing that I personally experienced. Uh, this is one of our friends whose mom passed away, and in this funeral home, there's like we're packing the walls. And I was like, wow, we're all here for this. Like not, most of us didn't know her mom. But all of these people praying fervently and loving our friend who lost her mom. Like, when my mom dies, I want that to happen. Like, right? Don't you? Like, don't you want these people in this room to be there for you when you're down? Not just when you're at your highest, but see when you're down. And then one more thing, uh, or a couple more things, two more things. Uh, it, it was a similar thing with Laura and I. Like, Laura and I miscarried four, four kids, and that was, like, tremendously hard. Um, but having community around to bring flowers, like, you just come home to work today and there's flowers, or people come by and drop off gifts, like, here's, here's a necklace with what would have been your kids' you know, birthdays or birthstones. You know, like, just these deep, powerful things, you know, and praying with us on a regular basis. Like, that's, that's community. That's like Jesus praying when he's, when he's about to die. Like the heaviness of it. You know, that's the oneness that he wants. Not this superficial, everything's fun, spike ball, and that's it, you know? But like actual death. And spike ball's good. I'm not trying to downplay like the good things. But I'm saying it's like there's two parts to this. You know, and I, it's easy to only focus on the one part. But when the world sees that, when the world sees people coming in to love one another that well, that changes things. That changes things. That makes them think, whoa, why is this person going home from work and spending time with their neighbor's kids for like weeks on end? How can he have like that much self-denial? How can, how can these people live this way and still be joyous and have peace about it? There has to be something different. That's what the Lord's talking about here. So this whole communal aspect is not, is, it's an internal thing that has external manifestations. So if there's anything I want, to, I want to have us do is think about, like leaving this, think about what kind of community do we want this to be? This is the community that the Lord has you in right now. So be present. 
Let's make this community as rock solid as in, and intentional as possible. Um, and be thinking about the future. Like, what do I want? What do I want moving forward? Do I want this to be a sport I do in college, or do I want to make this a life? Do I want to make? I, I never. I look at, at like Andrew last night, and I'm out of time. I look at Andrew last night. This guy is like I don't, I don't know how old he is. He's older than me. He's like forty-ish. Yeah. Okay. A little below forty, but. But when I'm his age, I want to be running as hard as him. I want to be getting those words. I want to be able to be zooming into a conference of college students and talking about what the Lord's speaking to them. That's what I want to be doing. I want to be doing. The Lord has more things for us than our wildest dreams. He wants more for us. He loves us. He talked about us and thought about us the night before he died and wanted us to be one. He's got great, great things. There's a higher call. This is a good life. This is a really, really good life. Let's take care of it and, uh, and do it well. All good? You Closing thoughts? Or? Um, just one thought. Um, is that like... This is good. It is good to be a people. It is good to, to look inward and see, like, Lord, where do I need to change? To look outward and see, where do my brothers and sisters need loved? But, like, it's got to go beyond us, too, right? Like, just, like, remember, like, being a people is not the end. Um, the Lord brings us and makes us a people so that we can lay our lives down corporately so that we can be out on campus, in the workplace, in our parishes. You know, like, it's for, it's always, like, for the other, for the other in our community, but, like, for the other who's, like, not there yet, too. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs>